Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast. This is your host, Timmy Douglas, and the goal of this podcast is to create a community that inspires action, accountability, celebrates progress, and helps people make the right connections to take that next step towards their dreams and goals. If you're looking for any one-on-one coaching to pinpoint your purpose and start taking steps in that direction, make sure to contact me on my website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, or on social media. On that note, let's get into the show. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Bob Berg, who is the author of the Go-Giver series. And let me tell you guys, I'm a big fan of that book. (laughs) And so we get to hear a little bit more about Bob and the book today and how it can help us. So, Bob, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Timmy. Thanks for having me with you. Of course. Thanks for coming on the show. And we like to jump right in. So if you could start with telling us a little bit more about you, who you are, and just what you like to do for fun, that'd be great. Well, I am a speaker and author and, um, and I guess information provider and so forth. And, um, and that's really, you know, what I do as far as fun. Uh, I love to read, which is a good thing because I need to read a lot for what I do. So it's a great thing. I really love it. And uh, every so often there's a couple of television shows I like and uh, I love following the uh, Miami Marlins and the Miami Dolphins and yeah, it's pretty much pretty much me at this point. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So tell us a little bit more about your motivation, what gets you up and keeps you going every day. Well, I think what gets me up and, and keeps me going is I love what I do. So I, I think whenever you have a job in which you feel you bring some value to others, uh, that you do something that you're, you're competent at, that you, that you feel you have some uh, a skill set um, and that you can make some really good money with it. Uh, you know, I mean, that's, that's pretty fortunate. I love it. I love it. Well, awesome. On that note, let's go ahead and jump right in to the go-giver. So tell us a little bit about the book itself and the premise that it was written on. Yeah. So it's a, a, so the go-giver series itself, there are four books in the series. Three of them are parables. Uh, One of them is more of a how-to book. It was co-authored. They were all co-authored with John David Mann, who is a brilliant writer. I'm much more of a how-to person. I'm step one, step two, step three. John's a fantastic, fantastic writer. Um, And it really, the, you know, the basic premise is that shifting your, your focus. And I think this is really where it all begins to me, shifting your focus from getting to giving. And when we say giving in this context, we simply mean constantly and consistently providing immense value to others. Understanding that doing so is not only a more fulfilling way of conducting business, it's also the most financially profitable way as well. And not for any way out there, woo-woo type of magical, mystical reasons, it actually makes very rational, logical sense. Because when you're that person who can move your focus off of yourself and place it on serving others, on discovering what they need, what they want, what they desire. When you can move your focus from you to to them and helping them solve or work through their problems and their challenges. When you can move your focus from you to helping them get closer to happiness, people feel good about you. People wanna get to know you. They like you, they trust you. They wanna be in relationship with you. They wanna do business with you if that's appropriate, but they definitely wanna be part of your life and tell others about you. 
And that's, you know, that's really the, the basic idea of the book. And in the story, the first story, Joe, the protege, uh, is kind of that young, up-and-coming, ambitious, aggressive, really at-it salesperson who is, you know, kind of frustrated because he's not nearly living up to his potential. He, he feels totally stymied in what he's doing, even though he's working so hard. And he meets a, a mentor by the name of Pindar, who, uh, you know, kind of explains that idea of that shift in focus and also introduces him to a number of other mentors who each share one of the laws of stratospheric success that John and I discuss in the book. Yeah. Tell us about some of the, there were five laws, if I'm right. Mistaken. Tell us about the five laws. Sure. So the five laws are the laws of value, compensation, influence, authenticity, and receptivity. Uh, the first law, the law of value is all about the experience you provide another person uh, to the point that when they finally do business with you, they feel so great about it that they believe and they feel they receive much more in value than what they paid, while you also make a very healthy profit. Uh, so it would sort of be like the accountant you hire to, to do your taxes who charges you a $1,000 that's her, her price, but the value she gives you is, uh, well, you know, she saves you $5,000 in taxes. She saves you countless hours of time. She provides you and your family with the security and the peace of mind of knowing it was done correctly. So she actually gave you, in, in exchange for a $1,000 fee or price, she gave you well over $5,000 in value, right? So you feel great about it. And she also made a very healthy profit. And so in any market-based exchange, there should always be two profits, the buyer profits and the seller profits, because each of them come away better off afterwards than they were beforehand. Law number two, the law of compensation says your income is determined by how many people you serve and how well you serve them. So it's not enough to just serve one person with exceptional value. Uh, it's also a matter of how many lives you impact with that value. So we could say exceptional value plus significant reach equals very high compensation. Law number three is the law of influence. And this one says your influence is determined by how abundantly you place other people's interests first. Now, this doesn't mean you're anyone's doormat or a martyr or self-sacrificial. It simply means you understand that as Joe, the protege learned from several of the mentors, that the golden rule of, of business of sales is that all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to those people they know, like, and trust. And there's no faster, more powerful, or more effective way to elicit those feelings toward you from others than by genuinely moving from that I focus or me focus to an other focus, looking to, to well, as Sam, one of the mentors in the story told Joe, to make your win all about the other person's win. Uh, law number four, the law of authenticity says the most valuable gift you have to offer is yourself. Uh, Deborah, one of the mentors in the story, explained that all the skills in the world, the sales skills, technical skills, people skills, as important as they are to me, and, and hey, they are, they are very, very important. They're also all for naught if you don't come at it from your true authentic core, but when you do. When you show up as yourself, day after day, week after week, month after month, people feel very comfortable with you. People feel very safe with you. And why wouldn't they? 
they know who they're getting, right? You know, they know they're getting you. And they know you come from a place of high character and they know they can depend on you. And that's really, you know, such a benefit of doing business from an authentic basis. And then law number five is the uh, law of receptivity. And the key, the law of receptivity says the key to effective giving is to stay open to receiving. Well, this really means nothing more than understanding that, yeah, you breathe out, but you also have to breathe in, right? If you're going to survive, if you're going to thrive, it's not one or the other, it's both. You breathe out carbon dioxide, you breathe in oxygen, you breathe out which is giving, you breathe in, which is receiving. Giving and receiving are not opposite concepts, despite the fact that the world around us gives us so many horrible messages of lack, so many messages that are anti-prosperity, anti-abundance, anti-business, anti-money, right? You know, and, and so those can get into our heads. You know, that can get into the unconscious, not the conscious. It can get into the unconscious and cause us to actually push away that which we've earned rather than receiving it gratefully. And so we say giving and receiving aren't opposite concepts. Giving and receiving are simply two sides of the very same coin and they work in tandem. Now, what we know is the given comes first, right? You know, you, you, uh, you, uh, they're universal laws of life, of nature. You plant before you harvest. Uh, you, you, um, sow before you reap, you give before you receive. And, you know, this is really why John David Mann and I say that money is simply an echo of value. Money is an echo of value. It's the, uh, thunder, if you will, to values lightning, right? So the, the giving of value comes first. That's the focus. The value comes first the money you receive is simply a natural result of the value you've provided. And, but we've got to be able to, once we have you know, planted those seeds, we've got to be willing to, again, gratefully receive that which we've earned. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And I know a lot of business owners, even myself right now, I'm kind of in that young entrepreneurial stage, have a lot of trouble with that fifth law, that receiving yeah. law, and they'll give a lot, a lot of value. But oh yeah, uh, Timmy, a lot of older people too, you know, and it's something that, that, and that, but you know, I'll tell you what, this is why I really believe it's important to make a proactive study of prosperity. You know, in law number five, John and I, we talk about it in the book on a surface level. And I think it, it kind of brings the point out but there are authors out there and speakers and practitioners who this is totally what they do. And they're really good. So people like Randy Gage, people like David Nagel, people like Sharon Lecter, uh, people like uh, Ellen Rogan, people like Ken Honda, uh, Bob Proctor. You know, these are people they write, they blog, they speak, they have videos, they have book, you know, the whole, the whole thing. And I believe it's important. And I, I read their blogs and I, I listen to them and I, why? Because the garbage, the anti-prosperity garbage comes into us from all over the place every day. Okay, that just, that happens. Uh, so what we've got to do is proactively put in the good stuff. And with all these prosperity teachers, okay, these prosperity practitioners, because they live what they're, what they're talking about, 99% of what they talk about is in here. It's the unconscious. It's, it's, it's 
overcoming the blocks, overcoming that which blocks our natural inclination to receive. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love that. And being that proactive person who goes out and studies it can really start to change it. But a lot of people people hit those barriers of like, I've done it for three weeks, but nothing's changing. I've done it. Oh, I know. What a shame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so a little encouragement to you guys, just stick with it and keep on keeping on. Now, I want to go back to value, Bob. Tell us about how a person can add value to others without it costing too much for them, especially in their starting stages. Sure. That's a great question. And the good news is it doesn't have to cost a lot of money. There are many ways to to add value to another person's life. First, it's understanding what they see to be of value, because we may believe you know, a thing or something is of value because we would like it, but that doesn't mean someone else would. So we've always got to ask questions and listen and, you know, do our best to kind of see the world from the other person's point of view, right? Uh, Because remember, value is the relative worth or desirability of something to the end user or beholder. So value is always in the eyes of the beholder. It's not what we think is of value or what we think someone else should think is of value. It's what they think or believe is of value. So there are many ways to to bring value. We really bring value to others just by being ourselves. So for for example, the excellence that we put into everything we do, the excellence we put into every email or phone conversation, or maybe an introduction to somebody else, or maybe we have certain knowledge, especially, you know, I'm sure many of your viewers are young like yourself, and you've got skills that us older folk, we just don't have right? When it comes to technology and different things. So you can find people who just, you know, they might want some help in a certain area and you're able to do it. And that's something that, you know, we older folk, we're going to appreciate, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? And that brings you into our world. And you know that, so so the excellence, there's again, the consistency, it's, it's showing up the same way that brings value to others. It's your attention to detail. It's to get to know people. And again, their likes, their dislikes, their the people in their circle, what they, you know, are they a, a, a collector of antiques? Are they an athlete? Do they like the trout? You know, in knowing these things, you're then able to provide information from other sources, maybe that can help them. There's empathy. You know, we, we provide value by being empathetic to the needs of others. And then there's appreciation or gratitude. It's when we, we show up as a grateful person, and we show up as a way and look to give thanks to others, not just in our minds, though that's important, but through the, the notes we send, through the encouraging words we use, you know what I'm saying? So there's all these ways to, to, to find ways, all the, you know, we can easily find ways to bring value to others. Yeah, I love that. And so you're saying like a lot of people my age, entrepreneurs are always looking for that mentor. As a mentee, we can provide that value by employing empathy, getting to know our mentor and showing up authentically and consistently. Sure. And finding ways to benefit them, you know, finding ways to, to help them. Uh, and, you know, and it, it's just a matter of using your imagination. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. And so I know another one of the principles in the book is influence. Tell us about how people can create influence both personally and in business and how it relates to new business. Yeah. Well, so when we think of influence, you know, and we hear the word uh, used a lot, what does it really mean? Um, 
Well, on a basic level, influence can be defined as the ability to move a person or persons to a desired action, usually within the context of a specific goal. You've influenced someone, you've moved them to a certain action. Now, that's the definition, but it's really not its essence. The, the, the essence of influence is pull, pull as opposed to push. Yeah, we've all heard the saying, how far can you push a rope? And the answer is mm, not very, well, at least not very fast or very effectively, which is why great influencers don't push. Uh, you never hear people saying, wow, that uh, uh, Jim or that Annie, she is, she is so influential. She has a lot of push with people. No, you never hear that. It's Annie's very influential. She has a lot of pull with people. That's what influence is. It's, it's pull, it's an attraction, right? And so great influencers, they attract people first to themselves and then to their ideas. And again, they do this through, through pull. Now, how do they do that? Well, you, you, you do that through that shift in focus, right? Um, see, I believe we need to be internally motivated, but outwardly focused. Dale Carnegie, uh, who wrote the great book, uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People said, ultimately people do things for their reasons, not our reasons. So what the great influencer needs to do is find ways and the way they're gonna pull is to find out what moves the other person. What do they want? What do they find of value? What is it I'm asking this person to do that, that is congruent with, with their needs, their wants, their desires, their goals, uh, their principles, their values. Uh, yeah, how does what, what I'm asking or what I want this person to do, how does it help them, <laughs> right? How does it solve a problem for them? How does it help them get to where they wanna go? And when we ask ourselves these questions thoughtfully, uh, intelligently, genuinely, uh, authentically, right? Not as a way to manipulate another human being into doing our will, but as a way of building everyone in the process. Now we've come a lot closer to earning that person's commitment. Mm, I love that. That was such a good explanation of what influence can be. Thank you. Awesome. Well, I know that there are definitely some misconceptions about the go-giver because I know when I first heard the term, you know, you always hear go get her, go get it, go get it, go give her. And you think of that martyr character. Tell us about some of the misconceptions that you commonly run into. Sure. Well, I, one is that, um, you know, being a go giver, can't you get taken advantage of? Well, the answer is sure. Anybody can get taken advantage of, you know, uh, but it's not because you're a go giver. It's, it's, uh, you know, I would say this, and I, and I often do say this, that if you're a per not you or any of you, but if one, if a person is one of these people who finds themselves consistently being taken advantage of, and I'm, you know, Timmy, I'm not talking about the person who, you know, once or twice or three times, I mean, you know, we live life. And unless we never talk to someone, at some point, we're going to get taken advantage of somehow. Okay, I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm saying if a person finds themselves in a pattern of being constantly taken advantage of. It's not because they're a nice person. 
It's not because they're a giving person. It's because they're doing things in a certain way that creates the environment for them to be taken advantage of. Mm. So the first thing I suggest to them is to, if you know that this is you, is congratulations for being aware of that. Because people can go through a lifetime not even being aware of it or not being aware of the underlying reasons for this. Now, typically when someone is, is doing that, there is a payoff involved. Again, now this is always unconscious. There's nothing about this as this conscious. Nobody says, hey, I'm gonna go out there today and look to be taken advantage of, okay? So it's always unconscious. So it could be a worthiness issue. It could be, you know, do I feel I don't deserve to, to be treated fairly? I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying that could be one issue. Uh, is it, um, uh, I don't have the tools or don't know how to, you know, appropriately spot when someone is deceiving me or taking advantage of me. Uh, it could be that the payoff is pity, right? That other people feel badly for me because I'm the one being taken. So there's a, a, that's a way of getting negative attention. Uh, you know, it, it could be, um, um, yeah, it could be a number of things. <laughs> you know, there's just, it, it could be, but, but what we always have to understand is we're always involved. <laughs> so we've got to ask the question, why am I always involved with this? Right? Well, there's, uh, there, there's a reason for it. So, so what we then need to do is say, okay, what's the next step? You know, what's the, and that doesn't mean we all of a sudden become cynical of everyone, of everyone. That's not, but it means we're aware. And it means we ask ourselves, well, why is this happening? that I'm allowing it, you know, why is it, what is, what's going on that's deeper And this, you know, could take some professional counseling, uh, could be talking with a friend who knows you or, or someone who, you know, what, what have you, but it, it definitely, if you're, if you're being taken advantage of consistently, that's not being a go-giver that's being self-sacrificial or a martyr. And, you know, uh, you know, by the way, some people use that as a way of not being an excuse for not being successful. Well, I would be successful, but oh, I'm always being taken advantage of, right? So again, I, I'm not saying that's anyone, but I'm saying there's enough examples of that that we've always got to investigate to make sure that we're not, you know. Now, another misconception as well, a go-giver, uh, you know, doesn't care about making a profit. They just give everything away. Just totally not true. Go-giver simply means you understand the value of shifting your focus off yourself and placing it on bringing exceptional value to others. Go-givers tend to make a very good profit because we sell on high value rather than low price. We're focusing on the value we provide. So, um, you know, so it's all those things where that a go-giver can never say no to anybody or else you're not really a go-giver. Well, that's baloney. You've got to say no. You got to say no to most people. You reach a certain amount of success. Everybody wants something from you and you just don't, you really don't have time during the day to do everything. So you've got to decide, you know, is what I'm about to say yes to, is that the highest and best use of my time, both for myself and for those that I'm supposed to be serving. Okay. And so, you know, so those are some of the, the, the misconceptions. But again, I think once someone, you know, though, usually those are asked by someone who hasn't read the book yet and they see the title the go-giver and they figure it's just oh giving everything away and no that's not it at all yeah yeah absolutely once you read the book those misconceptions get to <laughs> really quickly um awesome well i just have a couple more questions for you i'm curious about one piece of advice you received before you knew anything about what being a go-giver was and oh yeah what difference did it make for you 
Yeah, that yeah, that's a, a great question. And I always enjoy discussing that. It was a couple of years after I'd been in sales. And while I'd had some success in sales, I, I went to work for a, another company and uh, I started re out really in a slump. And I was having a difficult time getting out of that slump. And as a young salesperson, I did what many young salespeople do in a slump. I focused on myself and focused on the sale and focused on just trying to get out of the slump. What I wasn't focused on was my customers, right? Because it's, you know, supposed to be about them, not about, right? And I remember going back to the office one day and one of the older uh, gentlemen at the company, he, he wasn't in the sales department. I think he was a, an engineer and he, uh, I think he retired soon afterwards because I don't really remember seeing him again. Nice guy. One of these people who we've all met, you know, the kind of guy who doesn't say much, but whenever they do say something, it's always really profound. You know, so I think he saw me sort of as Joe in The Go-Giver, who I'd write about again with John David Mann 20 years later, 25 years later, whatever it was. But he saw me as that young, up-and-coming, ambitious, aggressive salesperson who was not living up to his potential. He was very frustrated. And he, he, he took me aside one day. He said, uh, Berg, he was a last name kind of guy. He said, Berg, can I give you some advice? And I said, yeah, please do. I, I need it. And he said, if you want to make a lot of money in sales, he said, don't have making money as your target. Your target, he said, is serving others. Now, when you hit the target, you'll get a reward. And that reward will come in the form of money. And you can do with that money whatever you choose. But never forget, he said, the money is simply the reward for hitting the target. It ain't the target itself. Your target is serving others others. And you know, Timmy, what, what that said to me really was that great salesmanship is never about the salesperson. Great salesmanship is never about the product or service, as important as, as those are. Great salesmanship is really all about the other person. It's about those people whose lives you choose to bring value too. Really, it's about those people whose lives are better just because you are part of it. And I think that when we approach business, when we approach entrepreneurship, when we approach sales from that foundational premise, I think we're really nine steps ahead of the game in a 10-step game. There we go. Awesome. Bob, thank you for that. I love that. Oh. My pleasure. Thank you. All right. I got one last question for you. It requires a bit of pretext. <laughs> okay. So you know how there are people on the planet who have that fixed mindset. They're not really willing to accept help. They're not really willing to accept change. Sometimes they live their whole life like that. And sometimes they'll die like that. Sure. Other times they'll change to more of a growth mindset, willing to accept help and willing to accept change. Mm -hmm. In your opinion, what is the catalyst that really causes that change? Well, I think like a lot of things, it's, um, it's awareness. You know, it's, it's awareness that the way you're doing something right now isn't the most effective for you. And you want to be more effective. See, if you don't, if you've decided, nah, life is just life, I don't really care, I, this is how it is, and I'm happy doing this, and blah, 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 whatever, well, you're probably not going to make a change. But if there's something more that you want, if you have dreams that are not fulfilled and 
the way you're doing things aren't working and you've had that fixed mindset. Now someone like yourself comes along and you, you, you know, you introduce them to a whole other idea of, of way of doing things and they're ready. Now they're, they're going to listen. Now they're going to, now they're going to say, okay, you know, I, I, I'm here. What I've done so far is not working for me. I want to change. I'm ready to change. I just want that person who can help me, you know, and guide me to do it. Well then now, now, now it's primed to happen. Yeah, absolutely. There it is. You got to be aware and you got to be ready and willing. Yeah. I love it. Well, awesome. Bob, thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And if you guys are listening to this and you love what Bob had to say about the go-giver, it's all in a series of books. So make sure to a buy the books, B give them to your friends and family because everybody needs to read them. As we always ask in this podcast to one to three people, you know, need to hear this message, shoot us a five-star review on iTunes and we're out. Guys, thanks for listening. Make sure to reach out to our guests and help them accomplish their dreams and goals if you resonated with them. If you're looking for any intentional masterminds or one-on-one coaching to accomplish your dreams and goals, make sure to check out the website, workwithtimmydouglas.com and contact me either there or on social media. That's all I got. Have a blessed day.